Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Next Reel Saturday Matinee, our weekly show where the Next Reel team gets together and we talk about news, reviews, the newest trailers, and the hotly debated weekly list challenge. I'm Ray Delancey, and here joining me today is none other than the charmingly genial Kyle Olson. 
Oh, I thought it was going to be the other one. Hello. I'd, Rob, in his humility, said, I thought it was going to be me, too. <laughs> I got very excited. And then, um, <laughs> if the camera was on well, me, oh, now, wait. And the other one. <laughs> <laughs> that other that other schlub that's here. No, and also joining me is the ruggedly handsome Ooh. and always majorly talented Rob Kibosco. Hello. He for whom the list challenge was renamed. Well, I mean, yeah, I'm probably going to, well, I'm, I'm going into it when it gets there. How are you, gentlemen? How, how, how goes it? <laughs> oh, you know, pretty good over here. What about you guys, Kyle? I, I see I, my, in my media consumption, I had uh, a chance to see a brand new movie in theaters that <gasps> uh, my daughter picked. So we went to see Sonic the Hedgehog 2 <gasps> um, and ended up being really good. Like nice. I, I say, I, I we saw to watch the first one during quarantine. That was one of the yeah. sort of the first new movies that we you know watched when at home, uh, and then I really enjoyed it much more than I thought I was going to. But I, right? I didn't know if that was because of COVID. Like <laughs> you know, I think we were all grading on a scale uh, <laughs> during that time because anything new that came out it was oh thank God there's something new. Uh, but uh, yeah, I went in and it turns out nope wasn't a fluke. They like they really uh, did, and uh, I tell you, it's it's really nice to have Jim Carrey back and and enjoying himself again. Yeah, he was having so much fun in that movie, and it was just infectious, and everybody just was. I mean, the the whole audience was, even though it was a small crowd, because we went on Sunday morning. Because for Mother's Day, her the their mother said, "Can you get these children a while out of the house and away from me for a couple <laughs> hours?" I'm like, I'm happy to, uh, but it was still a really good time. And actually, yeah, it was it was way better than I thought it was going to be. So anybody who was missing the old. Jim Carrey, he's still out there. So, dude, I'm, I'm right there with you. I didn't see the sequel yet, but whenever I saw the first one, I was very surprised at how much I enjoyed my time watching that. As yeah. I, I grew up on the Sonic games, uh, mm. loved Sega Genesis. You know, I, I could probably walk through all those games in my mind right now. <laughs> but um, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. What about you, Rob? What have you been up to? I have uh well I have a big viewing uh weekend that I'm I'm gonna start mm. to get into. Uh, my wife has decided she wants to watch The Lost City. We're we've got oh, that coming yes. up. Yes, us uh, Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum movie that just 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 hit Paramount Plus, right? Yes, I, uh, or HBO Max. I think it's HBO. I forget. Oh, it's, HBO Max? it's one of okay. it's one of the two. And then I, uh, I think it's Paramount Plus because yeah. I went in to watch the new Halo, and I think it was, oh, and they saw were the promo. advertising that. Uh, and then um, I'm gonna finish Moon Knight. Because I stuck with Picard. Mm -hmm. So what I had watched was I had stuck with Picard all the way to the end. Strange New Worlds I'm hugely into. Loving that so far. Uh, so we've got that. We've got some shows to, to finish up. And then, uh, and then yeah, I'm going to do me some Tatum. Nice. I, that actually, <laughs> I should have rethought that before yeah. that escaped my mouth. But eh, there well, it is. There's our pull quote. So there, <laughs> so there is. <laughs> That's it. Oh, man. You just reminded me how much I have to catch up on because with both Picard and Moon Knight, yeah. I waited for both series to finish so yeah. that I could binge them because I wind up just grinding my teeth right. waiting mm -hmm. for the next week to come, the next show to come. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to stop and watch all of them at once. And I haven't gotten into either of them yet. So I really got to do that. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on Picard watching it in a binge because yeah. uh, watching it week to week. I'm curious to see if, if in a binge it actually is better. Overall, how did it how did it uh, hold up for you guys, Picard? Eh, they, well, they, I say they stuck the landing. 
but boy, they they really <laughs> took their time getting there and took some weird wandering paths. I thought, uh, but yeah, yeah, by the time they got to yeah. the end, I was like 100 on board. I liked okay. it. I thought th- I thought it was infinitely better than the first season. Okay, and and I actually enjoyed it. It is very predictable. There are some things that you definitely know. But it does some things that I did not expect, and mm-hmm. it's pretty serious. It gets it's a lot more. Um, I would say if you follow what happens to Picard and what he confronts, mm-hmm. it's pretty visceral. Like I was surprised at how deep it went, and and, and you'll, you'll see. I mean that 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 should be a good teaser for you. Like right, like now you want to mm-hmm. see it because because it I is surprising. <laughs> and the final episode. No, I mean just echo what Kyle just said. That final episode. There are moments there never thought i would see one in particular that is Mm -hmm. so it literally changes the relationship of two characters for the entire next generation line like Mm. it give it puts it in a totally different light and so there wow they did a good job there sounds like that'll make you want to go back and watch next gen again just to like look at these characters certain episodes yes yeah you're not wrong yeah yeah, totally true. Let's take a look at the news because there's a lot to look at today, not least of which is we have a new emperor. That's right. All hail Shaddam the Fourth. So for those of you that are anxiously awaiting the Dune sequel, Christopher Walken has been cast. What do we think of this? I have I know absolutely nothing of Dune because I am seen, a have loser. You seen Dune part one? No. Okay, well, so there's something else to add to your list because right? it's really freaking good. <laughs> and I say that not just as a, a person who you know has been eagerly anticipating this for many years and read the books and all that stuff. Sure, you know who can uh, point to the Oscars and go, look, got nominated for a bunch of stuff. So you know it's quality cinema. Yeah, um, but yeah, I'm super excited about this because Christopher Walken has kind of gotten into the rut of being Christopher Walken for a sure. very long time, and we kind of forget how good of an actor, you know, he, he can be because he's always had to do is basically be Christopher Walken for the last couple of times. So, I mean, to go back to true romance, to go back to deer hunter, I mean, like to all these things that established him as a really, really powerful actor, then he kind of became almost a parody of himself, I guess, you know, but sure. and now to, we actually get to see him go like full on villain in this and, you know, just be powerful and menacing. I cannot wait to see what Denise and him have come up with for Shaddam the fourth. Well, it looks like he's also joining Florence Pugh and Austin Butler, and yeah. with the, the with those two on top of the already existing cast from Part One, mm-hmm. this is one heck of a one heck of an admirable cast. Yeah, yeah, and Denise does a really good job of getting good performances out of his actors, so I'm, I'm excited to see what they come up with. Okay, so for I'm I'm along with uh, with Ray in terms of the uninitiated on Dune. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is this he is he is the ultimate baddie? Is that what he is of this? Uh, yeah, kind of. I mean, like he's been the one who's been sort of pulling the strings. Okay. So I mean, I think I think uh, you know George Lucas probably looked pretty closely at him when he oh. created the Emperor. Okay. Because mm. the Emperor, Emperor. I mean, and I'm assuming <laughs> too far. Right. You know? That's not that's a stretch. And I'm assuming yeah. that won't be the only reference to him in this episode. Uh, there is a. Um, 
is there so there were references to him obviously then in the yes. first part so that okay yeah, so they talked about there'll it be the payoff like, what, you, what you find is basically he's the one who's been setting all of this up he's been setting up all these dominoes to try and you know uh, destroy his rivals without him having to to, to uh, you know bloody his hands have you heard the tragedy of Emperor Shaddam walking <laughs> and you know Florence Pugh's playing his daughter so I think that's interesting as you said, you know what we're not talking about is when we when we do our little uh cre- our little data creation for this. I noticed this week, and I don't know if this has been a trend recently, but we put our own titles for what these news articles were. Uh, and the title yeah. for this one was The Emperor Demands More Cowbell. And I was just about to say, <laughs> as long as as long as he brings some cowbell, then you know, he probably he hates that. I'm sure he's sick of that. I'm sure he's sick of it. I'm sure he's sick of a lot of things like <laughs> The watch. Can, he had to go carry the watch. About the watch. And yeah. then he- <laughs> So I'm hoping that this will be sort of his um, uh, unbearable weight of massive talent, you know, kind of moment where you, uh-huh. we get sort of like he'll go beyond the, the sort of persona that we have all created for him. And we go, oh, right. There's a massive well of talent underneath that interesting way of speaking. Well, um, speaking of sequels. Recently, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness came out. It's doing great. And Sam Raimi, who helmed that movie, also helmed another quote-unquote superhero movie back in the early 90s, Darkman. And apparently, Darkman is now greenlit for a sequel. What do we think about this? You guys seen Darkman? Oh, yes. I've seen Darkman, of course. Uh that Liam Neeson, like his first sort of big action movie before, long before anybody really knew who he was or or that he had a particular set of skills. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, it's an, an unusual choice of movies because that movie did not do terribly yeah. well. Uh, nor yeah. do I think it's held in high regard by a lot of people. So, But somehow it spawned two sequels, The Return yeah, of Durant well. and Die, Dark Man Die. Yeah, and they're, they're, they're worth everything you just said. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have seen them because you don't understand them. You people, you young folk out there, you don't understand how desperate we were for any type of comic book related stuff in the 90s. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, for God's sakes, David Hasselhoff was our Nick Fury. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for reminding me of that, because I I had put that out of my mind after trying so hard, and you just went ahead and put that back in there. Hey, man, the multiverse, it's out there. So somewhere (laughs) out there is is the Hasselhoff verse. So, yeah, this Darkman sequel, at this point, Universal has greenlit it. There's a producer attached. Um but no story or anything like that yet. So it's uh, so, in so very thinking, early. We're thinking reboot. Yeah, who knows? I, I'm kind of hoping for a sequel, like kind of like a Halloween 2018 type deal, where Liam okay. Neeson comes back because I think he's expressed an interest in doing so, if I remember correctly. But I don't remember for sure. I I as have to find my source. Yeah, Liam's <laughs> thing right now. He doesn't want to do voiceover. Doesn't want to do animated. That's where it stands. Uh, with that, we had mentioned the Emperor earlier, and um, it seems that his apprentice, Darth Vader, will be returning in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. And there's some 
exciting news for hardcore Star Wars fans when Hayden Christensen says that the lightsaber duels are going to be the same style as the Star Wars prequels, which were very nicely choreographed and very intense. Like there was some nuclear action there. And uh, kind of makes you wonder, you know, what happened on the Death Star whenever... <laughs> Obi-Wan met Vader again. (laughs) (laughs) They were old men. Like, as someone who almost, you know, uh, tore his shoulder out, reaching up to a shelf that was uh, just slightly above my head. (laughs) Once you cross a certain line, your body just starts betraying you at every opportunity. And so, like, the two of them met, they're like, oh, man, like, we really got to do this? (laughs) Fair enough. But I'm interested to see how they're going to pull that off, because when they were doing it before, they were just in their, their smooth sort of Jedi tunics, but now... Hayden's going to be in the big clunky armor. I don't think he's going to be like flipping through the air and jumping on top of lava bots like he was in episode three. <laughs> Though I think I think what you're going to see is more of what you saw in Rogue One. Like I think it is yes, going to be yeah. a much more vicious Vader, which is why I'm yeah. I'm excited about that. Like I want to see that. Yeah. And I, I'm here's the prediction: we are finally going to get a f- real battle damaged Vader. Mm. He's going to get he's going to get okay. spliced to the head. There's going to be the yeah. crack. Like that thing that you've seen in the expanded universe and done in all these different ways, we've never seen it in live action. We're we're gonna get it. You're gonna yeah. You don't bring back Hayden exactly just to keep him in the shell. Totally. Whether I mean, obviously there'll be flashbacks and stuff like that, but I think yeah. no, there's gonna be this is gonna be the Vader duel to end all duels. Like, see, Star Wars doesn't do flashbacks very often. If you think about it, I mean, they usually we don't really see a lot of you know. Sometimes they'll do like do we tap you tapped out logically. So you tap, yeah, but like they usually don't do like a. I remember back in the time, Boba Fett. Boba Fett tapped you out, huh? You don't want to see any more of those because that's all it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but interestingly, at least maybe you guys know this the answer to this. In all the names they're they're throwing around about who's going to be in this, mm-hmm. the the name we have not heard is James Earl Jones. Ah, yeah. So when Darth Vader speaks, what is he going to sound like? That's a very good question. Either it's uncredited, they haven't noted, they haven't said it to give the anticipation for it. Yeah. Or they found another voice actor to do it. You know, interesting. You so know, you think they're going to do that? They're going to they're going to do a sound alike? Well, well, they've done it with Luke. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, no, Luke. That's that's the uh, the Luke algorithm at work. Well, right. But I mean, like you could do the same. I mean, I mean they're running it through the right. the processor and right. doing that. So that is Mark Hamill's voice. It's just. Altered, but you could do Darth yeah. Maul. They did recast, right? Mm-hmm. So when he showed up in Solo, that was not um, uh, Sarah Finowitz. Right. That was Sam Witwer. Yeah. Okay. I there. I I think it, I think there's. So. It's, he's he's not. He's definitely going to speak. It's just. <laughs> I think will I'd it be. Will it be Hayden? <laughs> 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 Tear the oh, ship geez. apart until you found those plans. Well, I'll in Marvin McFly there. Are you telling me <laughs> the plans are not on board? He gets to Tatooine. He puts the lightsaber in the sand, makes a glass. Yeah. Says, see there, take that. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> okay, I'm going to sound kind of uh, infantile here for a second. Have you guys played the new Lego Star Wars video game? Love it. Love it I so need much. To. I play it every day. I love the voiceover work yeah. in that game, particularly Han Solo and Darth Vader, because they both sound remarkably like the original voices. And yeah. that being said, 
I think I would be happy either way, whether it's James Earl Jones or someone else doing the voice, because I think they they have some great voices out there. True. Yeah, I mean, I think there is a, a Vader voice, like, because Disney likes to cast a voice, like, then, so, like, every time there's a theme park or whatever, that's not James Earl Jones. That's, like, they have a guy who, I don't even know who the current voice is. Last, I remember they had cast the guy who played Chad Vader. Do you guys remember that web series? Oh. That sounds Vader, familiar, but I'm not was, sure I he saw was it. Dar- he was Darth Vader's, like, younger brother. And like basically, they, it was basically the, uh, the the premise was that it was Darth Vader like in the regular world. So he like worked at a grocery store. So it was like in the full Darth Vader costume with like a uh, <laughs> like, like restocking fruit and stuff. <laughs> like, I mean, and, and the guy was really good, so much so that, that Lucasfilm cast him. Like he, he did such a good job with the voice. They actually he was the voice of Vader. Well, I don't know if he still is or not though. We have gone deep into the weeds on Star Wars. Ray, yeah. Wow. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Sorry. I, it, it just gets. It, it's so fun to talk about. Uh, uh, it's coming two weeks. One last story to talk about, and Kyle, I'm going to let you tell us more about this because you know more about it than I, uh, than I do. But uh, apparently, the CW is really gutting their lineup of shows, huh? Yeah, like uh, they originally, the announcement came that they canceled Batwoman, and then they canceled Legends of Tomorrow, which I think was the real heartbreaker for a lot of fans. But then, uh, as of at the time of recording, um, they pretty much cleaned house. They went and canceled, I think, ten shows today. Uh, so a lot of, of very, very talented, creative people Sheesh. are now out of work. Uh, and basically, what's happening is they're up for sale. The the people who who have been you know created the CW do not want it anymore, and so the the CW management themselves are cleaning up their house to try and make themselves more sellable. So they have they have Riverdale, they have The Flash, and pretty much everything else at this point is is sort of a, a up for grabs. Uh, like mostly almost every other show got canceled. So they're doing another Supernatural show. They're doing another Walker because apparently Walker has done well for them. So they announced those as new shows coming out. Uh, but pretty much everything else got killed. I find it interesting that, you know, a lot of the shows that they got rid of seem to be like reboots or revamps of some sort, like yeah. Dynasty. But then the 4400, which was a great show back in the USA network days. Yeah. But uh, the f- shows they want to bring on are also like yeah. <laughs> re- redos. So, like, I mean, it just it doesn't seem to make sense on that level to me. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. So, but the, the, there's there's a price tag on the CW. So, whoever wants to buy a uh, slightly used fifth run <laughs> television network. Now is your chance. How is how is Riverdale? Riverdale is still on. It still is. Still going. Still going strong. I bailed after the levitating babies. <laughs> that was that it. Was I drew the line. I drew the line at levitating babies. And if you know, you know. But that was it. All right. Well, there we go. So yeah. So good luck to all those people. I hope that the I hope that there are other streaming services out there who are looking for the people because a lot of really talented people are now available for your new shows. All right. Well, that's the news, folks. Let's move on to trailers. Well, not to toot my own horn, but I got mine in first this week. And that sounded uh, like tooting. Was that tooting? I think it was tooting. <laughs> well, you know, once a horn player, always a horn player. But. Uh, 
My, I don't know about you guys, but it seemed like Slim Pickens in the trailer pool this week. Oh, yeah. But uh, the one that I found and went with this week is a movie called Unhuman, which is a movie about a group of high school kids. Uh, they go on a field trip when all of a sudden their bus crashes near a biohazardous area and they have to fight to survive from, from some zombie-like creatures. We're going to show you wallflowers, the perks of real flowers. Watch out, watch out. Wayne, you're going the wrong way. You want to go? Because we can go right now. This message is transmitted at the request of the United States Office of Civil Defense. We are under siege by a chemical attack. How bad is it? It's not that bad. So this movie stars... Uh, Brianne Chu, who was in the I Know What You Did Last Summer series. Uh, also, Drew Sheed. I don't know if that's how you pronounce his name, uh, but he's one of the leads in it, it looks like. He was uh, the comic relief, I'll say, in the 2018 Halloween. And also, we have Benjamin Wadsworth, who is in the sci-fi series Deadly Class. And uh, this is going to... I guess this is a Paramount movie, but it doesn't say anything about it being on Paramount Plus, but it, it will be available on VOD on uh, June 3rd. What did you guys think of this trailer? What'd you think? Uh, okay, so uh, let me let me say two things. It, it's it's a it's a uh, it's almost like a parody horror film that they're, you know, obviously, which I love that you're doing, you're trying to do some sort of twist and stuff. There's two things that stuck out of me. One the whole scene, the, the setup is that these high school kids are going on a field trip. They're on the school bus. They're, as soon as you realize that they're not in the right spot, immediately mm-hmm. the entire windshield gets splattered with blood. And I don't mean splattered. <laughs> it's like somebody threw a beach ball-sized water balloon. It wasn't, it wasn't like they hit a bird. It was like they hit a water buffalo. blood. And I'm just going to say, I couldn't stop laughing. I was just like, oh my God. What has happened? And then the second thing is, the tagline for this movie is, the dead will have this club for breakfast. And I said to myself, whoa, not only are they in an abandoned club, but then there's the breakfast club to play. And I said, wow, somebody sat at their keyboard and went, I got a couple things I want to do. <laughs> when this, when this, get, when, it, the, whoever was at the marketing company, give them a bonus. Exactly. Because I did. I laughed. I laughed out loud on both those moments. Um, yeah. I hope, like, I'm not going to go to the theater to see this or buy it on demand when it's on Paramount mm-hmm. Plus. Yeah, I'll probably watch this. Yeah, I, I, you always find the most interesting horror, Ray. <laughs> I always know you're going to give something that's like, oh, wow, you, you really went deep on this one. And <laughs> I, yeah, I started watching and I, I thought, I'm like, okay, so we're doing Jeepers Creepers. Like, they're all stuck in the bus and here we go again. And then they did the announcement. I was like, okay, so this is like Battle Royale. Like, basically, the they've been set up by the teachers and like, this is the whole thing. And then they go out in the world. I'm like, oh, so like every time I thought I, I knew what it was, they would pivot and do something a little bit different. So you can kind of go down the line and go like, okay, there's a little attack the block in there. There's a little, you know, like that. You can see the elements of that. But they do enough of that that I kind of was like, oh, you know what? You're doing a bunch of different things here. All right. Like, like they they won me over. I sort of went in like, all right, sure, another teen fighting zombies. All right, great. But by the end of it, I was like, yes, I'm absolutely going to watch this. It looked like they were having a lot of fun. You know, I just had a thought. In the trailer, there's a, a part 
where after, you know, the huge blood splatter that Rob mm-hmm. is so fond of, uh, it's like every kid on the bus hits their head off of the seat in front of them because we all know how uh, buses in this country are, have no seat belts ever. But uh, wouldn't it be funny if, like, at the end of the movie, it turns out they were all dreaming this? Because <laughs> they were out of it from the bus crash. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's Unhuman. Kyle, you were next. It was. And, yeah, you're right. Boy, I watched a bunch of trailers, and so many of them were not things I was interested in at all. So this, I wouldn't say, really hit high on my list. But I watched it. I was suitably impressed to sort of what by what they'd done. So um, in the grand tradition that we've been talking about of – Things being remade. <laughs> uh, there's another Resident Evil. Uh, this time it's on Netflix. Uh, so this is like a television series, and it's just called Resident Evil. Billy, Jade, welcome home. I'd like to build the world a home. I really think you guys are going to love it here. Uh, I, I, don't, I had not really heard that this was coming. Uh, I guess probably yeah. because Netflix spent so much money, it's hard to keep up with all of the things that they're doing. Uh, but as I was watching, I was sort of like, okay, that's all right. So it's an isolated thing. It's a thing. And they, and they, the people are moving in and doing experiments. All right, sure. And then they flash forward, like, you know, jump ahead like 20 years or whatever, and you get to see the ramification. I'm like, oh, if they're doing that. I'm way more interested in this because if they're going to show us before and after in the same show and just jump back and forth, that's cool. Like I have not seen that before. You get to see like something you get to see like maybe in one of the episodes, a building is destroyed and then you go back and in the flashback, you get to see how that building was destroyed. Like that kind of stuff. They could really do some cool stuff if they, if they sort of move the timeline around like that. So uh, I'm not hugely invested in the Resident Evil mythology or that kind of stuff. I know that stuff. I played the games. I watched all the movies, but I'm not, uh, you know, really much of a stickler for them sticking to it. So any changes they want to make, I'm fine with that. What'd you guys think of it? You know what? Okay. So I love the original game. I got lost. I I love the original movie. And then I got lost with like the sequels and stuff. (laughs) This seems like a, a, a well thought out reboot. Like Mm -hmm. if you're going to set it present day and I, and I would assume that part of this will be is that, Oh, raccoon city is this idealized utopia where outside its walls is not right. And I think that's what probably their point is going to be is that, Oh, you think you can, you can devoid yourself from reality. You can't. And I think that that story, if done, I mean, I think if it's done well and and, and not really well, it, it just has to be graphic because that's why everyone's going to watch this the show. It's going to be entertaining, and I'll and I'll definitely give it. I will give it a few episodes just to see where they go and how they do this, just because of my fondness for the for the nostalgia from the original game. You know, I have absolutely no past with this game series or the, this IP, uh, so. This looked interesting. It's something that you know I'd be willing to check out, and I I, I know that there was a movie series. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I feel really out of my element right now. The other Paul Anderson, <laughs> <laughs> Paul W S Anderson. But it, it looks like a, a very, a very interesting trailer. Um, I like like uh, Rob said, looked very very well done. It, it looks like something Netflix used there. You're not sharing passwords anymore. Money to make, <laughs> you could think, or the last, the last remnants of what was left in the safe. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And so here comes a transition for you. And speaking of spending a lot of money, 
Rob. Oh, boy. Tell us about your trailer. So my trailer. All right. So if you, those of you went to go see uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, you were uh, treated to a surprise trailer of a new coming movie for this Christmas. Avatar 2. The Way of Water. Okay, so let me just start off by saying this. Uh, I love the first one. I don't think it has any cultural permanence. I think it was a, a spectacular event for when it came out for a lot of reasons. I still think it looks good. Um, I, I'm in, I'm vaguely interested in this. The thing I find surprising is, is that um, a lot of the reaction online is that, oh, look how much better the graphics are. Look how much better. The, I mean, maybe like... Okay, there is a moment when they f- focus on um, Zo- uh, Zoe Sal- Saldana's face, and uh, it's the, it's you can see the eyelash, the lights hitting different parts of her eyelashes, and the skin, and there's pores. Yes, that is all better. I got to admit, in this world, I don't know. I mean, I'm not. The only thing I'm impressed with is that that fake out at the end of the trailer, mm. where he rises out of the water, and you think for a second he's on a goose. <laughs> And then that thing's that thing's mouth opens like where its nose should be or where the bridge of its nose should be. And I one, I was equal parts horrified and impressed because I'm like, wow, that thing you just think like, oh, look at that goose. And then you're dead. That's all I got. What do you think? What do you think, Ray? Well, uh, um, like Resident Evil, I have no past with this IP. Uh, (laughs) um, I, I love Cameron. I love the work that he does. Um, I don't know why, just uh, when the first Avatar came out, it didn't seem like something I'd be interested in. And now, like, don't get me wrong, this looked like it was it was well done and everything, but out of solidarity with Avengers Endgame, I don't want to give my money to this franchise. <laughs> it's not going to make, it's not going to make Endgame money. No. It's not going to make Avatar money. It's not. No. That's what amazed me about it. I, I was so excited that this is finally real. Like, I'm a huge James Cameron fan. James Cameron has never made a bad movie, uh, which, you know, it's hard to admit, but absolutely true. Uh, but when you, I, mean, I, I was like, I was like, oh, wait, here it is. And I got to see it in the theater for the first time and I watched it on video. So, which is so exciting to me. And I watched it. I was like, yep, that's more Avatar stuff. I don't think the marketing company realizes how much work they have to do because just showing us a bunch of Navi is not enough because like Ray, most people are just like, yeah, we've seen this. What's new? What's different? I mean, the, you, you've been, it's been 15 years. Like this is not empire strikes back. Like (laughs) there's like, nobody cares. Like you're going to have to, you're going to have to redo all of this. This my, my daughter watched and she's like, that's it. Yeah, like she's never seen Avatar. My wife never saw Avatar. No interest in it. Like like Rob was saying, it, like it was one of those things that we all sort of experienced it together, and then everybody just went, "Yeah, right," <laughs> and then just moved on. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I, I'm, I'm interested to see how they're going to try and sell it to us as a huge cultural event when most people are just like, "Sure, the blue people, yeah, whatever." And and you know what you can also tell is like they they spent so much effort replaying those three James Horner notes. <laughs> yeah. With the chorus, oh, with the chorus, yeah, and, and absolutely, of course, right? Big props, amazing work. Yeah. But like you just thought, you guys, I think you guys are you're you're overestimating 
how important this is and like compare that to what you just said, like the strains of star Wars in a moment or panning across the, the prairie with dinosaurs coming and the Jurassic park theme playing. It's a totally different thing. This is not, this is not that thing. So uh, yeah, we're going to see. I mean, I put it in because I was surprised. I didn't know this was going to be in front of Dr. Strange and I was more, more excited to see something new. And then it, I saw it and I went, uh, well, I like all the memes that have been showing up for this. It shows like Kate Winslet, me watching Avatar when it first came out. And then the next frame is old glorious Stewart, me watching Avatar 2 when it comes out. <laughs> it's been 84 years. Yeah. So, yeah. So that was Avatar The Way of Water. Great, guys. Good trailer picks, I guess. For trailers, slim pickings, trailers. Yeah. But for those of you who are interested in the James Cameron thing and maybe not in the Avatar thing, there is a really good podcast out there. Unfortunately, not from the True Story FM family of podcasts, but it's called Blockbuster. And so it tells the story of James Cameron's rise and it's actually dramatized. So they actually got Ross Marquand, who, among other things, is the voice of Red Skull in uh, in Avengers. Like he took over the role and when, when he sort of became ephemeral. Uh, and so he plays James Cameron. And so they actually have it dramatized these moments in his life that led up to him becoming, you know, the James Cameron that we all know. It's, it's a really good show. They actually did, the first season was George Lucas, and then the second season was James Cameron. Nice. Uh, yeah, and they can, they, you can tell they spent some money on it too, but... But yeah, so check that out. It was, it was a very, very good show. And I, I like I like uh, seeing things dramatized, not just, you know, having somebody just reading essays. Did you have nice. uh, anything else, Rob? Uh, no, that was, he was I'm trying to set you up to tell your funny joke, but you let it drop. Okay, my joke is this. So here's the deal. Avatar 2, The Way of Water. I'm concerned that there will be people who will confuse that as the sequel <laughs> to The Shape of Water. And in a way, isn't it? You should insert the... <laughs> You know what that means is, you know what the third one's going to be called? Uh, the, say, the boy of water. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to play the foosball. And you know what? <laughs> the foosball. And what is the deal with the know. kid? That doesn't make any sense. I don't, s- I don't even want to go into it. Like no, the, forget the hard, it. The hardcore <laughs> Avatar fans, both of them. Ha <laughs> ha. Zing. Um, Stop. Uh, somebody posted like, oh, this is clearly, you know, the villain from the first one resurrected as a Navi. And I was like, uh, what? Yeah, okay. Uh, Right. Sure. I, I guess yeah. Really, I guess so. But which is time, true? I'm gonna have to let the go tattoo back and because yes, I have but, no idea what you're talking about. I saw that movie 15 years ago. <laughs> well, he died. Stephen Lang. Stephen oh, Lang's yeah, character. I, I remember the. I remember him dying. But yeah, how is he coming back? Yeah, we don't. I don't know. And, uh, and, a long oh, wait, way to go. I don't know. Enough playing games. We're gonna play a real game now. We're a real game. <laughs> All right. So if it's Avatar trivia. I'm not going to do well. Actually, it is. Uh, no, I'm kidding. No, there are <laughs> filmmakers out there, you know, like Edgar Wright and Quentin Tarantino, who make really awesome use of popular music in their movies. And I've been watching a lot of those two directors recently, and it got me to thinking if you were making a movie, what songs would you use for key scenes? So, what I'm going to do is I have 10 scenes or situations from movies, uh, you know, general type things, and I'll tell you what it is, and I want you guys to pick a popular song for that part of the movie you're making. 
Wow. So the first one we're going to do, and I and I have a pick for these as well, is uh, I, I have to because I'm on the scale. Come on. The first one we're going to do is what song plays at the beginning of your movie to introduce your protagonist or hero. Hmm. So do you have a name for this game? I'm just curious. I, I don't. Okay. I was thinking it's probably is the James Gunn game because okay. I mean, <laughs> right now he's the guy with the mixtape, right? There you go. <laughs> I guess are we are we establishing what our movie is? I mean, it, it can be whatever you want it to be, really. Uh, okay. You know, just uh, how whatever you your movie is. How would you introduce your protagonist or your hero? Me personally, I'd use a song like "We Rock" by Dio. Yes, are you establishing as a, as a strong, tough guy like the. Perhaps, or just uh, uh, honestly, I don't know. I just wanted an, uh, an excuse to put Dio in the mix there. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I guess you got to go for whatever your your sort of vibes are. So I mean, I guess if you're doing you know, a romantic comedy, you're going to have your light pop song. If you're going to do um, you know your action thing, then you want something heavy guitars. You want some you know Soundgarden or. Uh, you know, big something big crunchy as the the person comes in, but then you know if it's if it's an animated movie, then I don't know, pick a pop song that's been popular for the last twenty years. <laughs> as DreamWorks, like like yeah, just uh, whatever you got, just give me the now. That's what I call music volume eighty five, and whatever the first song on there, that's the, that's what you start with. Yeah. To be honest, whenever I think about this, and you don't have to do it this way, but whenever I think about this, I think of kind of like your cookie cutter comic book style movie. You know, uh, story-wise, mm-hmm. you know, like you have your hero, you have your villain, you might have a love interest, uh, you know, you have your your battles and whatnot. I would say for any future filmmakers who are going to make a Superman movie, please don't put songs that mention Superman in them in your movie. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I, sorry, I, was, I forgot that Crash Test Dummies actually did, had a Superman song. I was like, please don't put that in a future Superman movie. Like, let him just be the guy. I don't have to. Okay, when you as soon as you said this, you know the first thing that came to my mind, and I know it's already a theme song, but honest to God, if I were making a movie and it had the hero, and let me be frank, it would be very quirky, funny, sort of like lovable schlub sort of hero. Mm-hmm. The theme from the Rockford Files, <laughs> and and you yeah. could do it now because nobody knows what the Rockford sure. Files are, right? Yeah. Like that's like you can reinvent that, like do the new version of that. That is still one of the best intros to a to a show that's a ever for me song wasn't it i think yeah i think it is and and also one of the interest like all that is is still shots <laughs> do you like remember like it's just james garner like he's in this car and he's like talking and he's like getting mustard on his tie like putting <laughs> it on a hot dog that's that that's my song the rock and files theme i've looked it up real quick it doesn't have a name it's the Rock and oh, Files theme. Files theme. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> nice. I, I would say, like, there have been, there've been a lot of rumors. I mean, as well as there's a Fletch movie coming. Yes. Uh, another Fletch something. Uh, yeah. I, I even heard there's a Columbo. They were talking about doing a Columbo thing. But, like, why haven't they redone Rockford Files? There's, like, a, yeah. I feel like that's what we're missing is the schlubby detective. Like, like down on his luck, trying to accomplish something. There's, so there's my movie. I want to have that. I want to have the, the guy who's just... just one step ahead of being, you know, uh, kicked out of his apartment, or you know, or or, or the drug lord, or whatever it is, just like <laughs> always got, always, you know, like always the boulders always catching up to him, like that guy. We, we there's no, they don't have those anymore because our our guy, everyone is always like, no, I'm excellent at my job. 
I know yeah. I do everything. It's like no, no. That's... I want the I want the guy who always falls over, but then gets back up again. Then Does that then? That was a seventies thing. You know, that no, it's totally just, just gone. Does that end up every episode then begins with an old broken down like iPhone SE? Where he's, his voicemails are there, and he presses the yeah. latest voicemail, and you hear the voicemail, and it's cracked. That would be, the screen yes! is cracked. Yes. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> Sorry, we di- we di- we yeah, or diverse or whatever the word is I'm looking for. Yeah, you're fine. So, Kyle, schlubby detective, what's his music? Oh wow. Um, boy, that's, that's a good one. I, that's, I I would say I wouldn't want anything too like peppy and upbeat. Like he's not like a. I think I would think something that and and also not jazz because I think we've played that <laughs> <enough> guys. <laughs> I got this uh, rare like no shut up just go back to La La Land they don't need you here. Um, I think I think it'd be interesting uh, because because we've come so far around. I think it'd be interesting if he was a '90s grunge fan because like now it's 30 years later. That's oldies. So like that he's you know he's like playing Pearl Jam or Stone Temple Pilots. You know that kind of stuff, like the like the that he like, yeah, screw the system, man. <laughs> or no, you pull like a cinematic pop version of "Smells Like Teen Spirit," like it's like that yeah. kind of yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I like that. All right, <laughs> even flow. That's what it is. It's even flow. Man, the first thing I thought of when you said that was "Man in the Box." Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, or even like a, or even like Rooster. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's my guy. So yeah. He's, it's based. I guess my show is in Seattle, apparently. So I, I think I'm. Make, I think I'm making Stumptown. <laughs> so I'll have to figure out some way to sort of pivot off of that. All right. So we have our protagonist in our respective movies. Now let's introduce our antagonist or our villain. What music you got? Oh, that's good. I, I feel like the classical things kind of played out. Once Hans Gruber opened the vault and right. you know, Beethoven yes. played, I think you can't like have him like listening to like Rachmaninoff and be like, hmm. Mm-hmm. Dude, I'm laughing because, okay, I, this is how this works, right? We're going. Sure. I'm going down a certain path. Yeah. If my if my movie because of the Rockford Files, the villain is the is the theme from Sanford and Son. Just literally, don't 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 don't. So so Rob, if you and I are making the same movie, <laughs> then let's say we are. Yes. Um, then our because our hero's uh, a loser. Right. The villain is cool. Yeah, I mean, because like yes. that that song, like while is is upbeat, yeah, and is like you know, it's it's jamming. And you could do a totally different arrangement of it too. Yeah. We're like, oh yeah, like he's like so the, the our guy. This is the he's the popular one. He's the man, the people. He's you know, or or say whatever it wants to be. Like they're he's I'm, cool. I'm there. Yes. All right. So Love you guys it. are talking about cool villains. My idea, or my first idea for a song for the antagonist was "Hella Good" by No Doubt. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's pretty good. Because that that starts a great baseline at the start. It does. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. And I, I I don't know why, but that's, I that's just, a really good like walk like seeing yeah. shoes. You know, like basically you just see whatever the shoes are as as they're playing, <laughs> and then like so they move up to see like the full thing. You know, it's whatever there. If it is it. Nicely polished shoes. Is it boots? Is it high heels? You know, what is it? The are already establishing some character stuff as the music is playing. All right. So our next scene is the heist or crime spree scene. Oh, um, uh, for me, keep with my nice thing. Um, rock star uh, by mm. nerd. You can't be me. I'm a rock star. 
All right. I don't know how much we can do without uh, being sued. <laughs> that is like they used that in Blue Crush way back in the day, and it was like this is too good of a song for the bad <laughs> of a movie. So it needs to be redeemed. So call up Pharrell, have him remix it. <laughs> okay, I'm still laughing because the first thing that po- okay, I'm on. This is where I'm at. I'm on. I'm on 70s, late 70s, early 80s TV shows. We're, we are not making the same. The film whole problem. heist. <laughs> yeah, we're done creatively. The whole heist thing. It's like it's it. heart to heart, <laughs> and and okay. you do the whole intro to it where there's like an Ernest Borgnine sounding guy where he's like, and here's the and here's the guy that's gonna steal the thing, and here's his <laughs> wife because she's gorgeous. <laughs> like, all this happens. Oh man! Did you that's, know that there was there was a heart to heart? They were going to do a reboot of Heart to Heart. What? No. Wait, why this, not? So this way it was it was a reboot of Heart to Heart as a gay couple. And sure. was, the show was created by Steve Martin and ABC went pass. Wait, what? Yeah. Why? I because I know they're just like, no, we don't see a market for that or whatever. I'm like, oh my God. And then okay, wait, you do that and you make the Ernest Borgnine character a female. Yeah. What? No, that's amazing. What? <laughs> I know. It's it's one of those things. It's a there's a couple of projects out there that are just like, why? Like what like find that oh, again, bring that my back. God. I think be a great idea. In fact, you make Okay, no, seriously, that casts itself. And who wouldn't want to be in that? Make Jane Lynch the Ernest Borgnine character. (gasps) (laughs) Jeez. Oh, come on. Has she been doing much lately? Well, she showed up in uh, Murders in the uh, Only Murders in the Building. Only Murders in the Building. Yeah. Yeah. As as doing an amazing Steve Martin. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Jeez. Oh. I cannot believe that. Why is that not happening? I don't know. I don't know. Like, even, even at the point, if he's, you know, if he's because maybe I don't know if he put it pitched himself as one of them, like that he was oh. him and like you. Know, but now just be just make that show. Like you're a <laughs> you're an award winning writer and like you can sell the Mars building and you can produce that show and it'd be fine. We're ready for it. There's plenty of services. You know what they could do? Call if, Roku. If, Apparently they're spending some. If money. Uh, Martin Sheen and Sam Waterston have nothing to do with their characters <laughs> after Grayson. <laughs> okay, seriously, and that's what they become. Like, jeez. <laughs> all right, all right. That's all right. Real, qu- real quick, picture this. My perfect, my idea for a perfect song for a heist just got paid by ZZ Top. Oh, oh that's okay. good. The next one, the love or sex scene. <laughs> <laughs> we're adults. We're adults here. Well, I love how you said love or sex. <laughs> <laughs> They're not always one in the same thing, of my course. friend. I want to. I want to put an Alanis song in here, and I can't figure out what one of the best to be because, like, the stuff of Jagged Little Pill are are very angry. What I do, and still, which is, is like the slower one, actually is um, about you know God. So maybe, maybe not that. <laughs> <laughs> Depends. Uh, I would be tempted to use yeah, Are You Gonna Be My Girl by Jet. Oh, that's yeah, that's interesting. Oh. oh, wow. That's a, but much more energetic than I was thinking. Well, yes. yeah, yeah. I know. Like, well, at first, I was thinking, like, what's that, uh, like, sultry saxophone song mm-hmm. I'm looking for? But then yeah. I thought, okay. you know, that would be, yeah. What you got, Rob? So, and it did pop into my head initially, but I was like, there's no way. In this movie that that oh, wow. I that have been writing the theme for Moonlighting. There you go. Well, okay. <laughs> Some walk by night. That's Some not a bad night. that that's a much better one. I was thinking the theme for my dream of genie, 
But then I realized, <laughs> nah, I mean, you could. Well, that's the, a short love scene, but hey, you know, well, different strokes for different folks. <laughs> so, or one stroke. But I yeah. mean, <laughs> it takes different strokes to move the world. <laughs> yes, it does. No, moonlighting, you nailed it. That's it. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on your wavelength. I'm yeah, oh here. no, I got this. This movie's right in itself. Like, I yeah. totally want to see this now. All right. All right. Um, so our next one, and this might be my favorite one, the Heroes Training Montage song. Mm. Montage. Ooh. Even Rocky had a montage. And my pick for this was Oingo Boingo, Who Do You Want to Be? Uh, Britney Spears, <laughs> That's Stronger. Great. Okay. I can't believe, seriously, I'm in the zone. The theme from Airwolf. <laughs> uh, now think about it. No, that totally works. All right. Those are good. All right. This one is a little different. The bizarre dream sequence. Mm. Oh, well, I'm Bjork. Done. I'm out. <laughs> Human behavior. Boom. <laughs> I got Boogie Child by the Bee Gees. Oh. I kind of want to. I'm gravitating towards the theme from Miami Vice. Oh, okay. I could see a that. Lot of, oh, yeah. You know, you know actually, the, I think what is it, Charlie's Angels is the... Da, na, na, yeah. Da, oh, that's good, too. You can do a really, like... Oh, like, no, I like that. Oh, we really sort of are. Like, we really are on the same wavelength. Right? <laughs> like a... <laughs> meow, meow, meow. Yes. Uh, okay. Either way. Mm, all right. Next, we have the death of the mentor or parent character. Oh, oh, oh fell on black days. Soundgarden. I'm gonna have to pick either. Uh, this is this is either Dynasty or Falcon Crest. <laughs> and I mean, whoever you're listening to this, you got to go then Falcon immediately. Crest, Dynasty is is way too like up. Yes, like, it's Falcon Crest. It's Falcon you are Crest. absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> the theme for no Falcon Crest. Oh my God! <laughs> Google it. You'll see. Jane I Weinman. Shall. You'll the former the former Mrs. Ronald Reagan. Oh my God! It just keeps getting better. There we go. My pick was the Spice Girl song "Goodbye." Oh, oh. Well, that's a cool uh, pick. Spice up your life. Yeah. <laughs> Next, we have the chase scene. It, it could be a foot chase, a car chase, uh, whatever. Well, there's a really obscure song I think I would do. There's um, the first song on Sugar Ray's first album is called RPM, and it's this really high driving thing that he he makes his guitar sound like it's a like like it's a car driving really fast. It's really cool. That kind of sounds like what uh, Van Halen did on Pound Cake when they used. Oh, okay. the, I'm the, sure it was probably an homage. They used a drill, I think, on the oh, okay. guitar strings. I got uh, Breaking yeah, yeah. the Law by Judas Priest. I, oh, I just nice. love the driving force behind that yeah. song. Breaking the law, breaking the law. Get ready for it. You know what I'm picking? Okay. The theme to Hardcastle and McCormick. <laughs> 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 Which is such. A, and that that was a rip. Obviously, that show was a rip off of Knight Rider. But that that had its moments. The theme yeah. is one of them. There's there's one theme I'm keeping in my pocket, waiting for the right moment. Okay, oh. spring it on you. I'm oh, hoping geez. it suddenly comes up. All right, all right. Next, we got two left. Uh, this one, the final confrontation between our hero and villain. I got to tell you, I've I knew this one right off the bat because I've always imagined it in my head, and you're going to judge me for this, but I don't care. 
I always oh. wanted to hear a standoff between the hero and the villain. I always wanted to hear the song, the Macarena, the Bayside Boys <laughs> remix by Los Del Rio. <laughs> that, that is a very Quentin move of you. <laughs> uh, for me, it would be uh, Metallica Fuel. All give right. Me fuel, give me fire. Give me that which I desire. Okay. First thing that popped in my head, as soon as you said that, I was thinking the theme from V. The original series. Ooh, okay. That's a cool, like, stand Yeah. Yeah. And last but not least, we have our end credits song, which really, really can be Reaching anything. Into my pocket. I'm pulling oh, out the card. Comes. I'm handing it to Rob. And here it's it is. The theme from Simon and Simon. Oh, my Come God. On. Is that not the Are, best? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Okay, anybody who didn't grow up in 70s or 80s television is like, what the hell are you talking about? Yes. You absolutely <laughs> need to go and go look these up. It that I can't do better than that. It's Simon and, and Simon. And for my closing yes. credits, then, because I gave you, I will let you pick the mic and the mechanic song that you want to have playing. <laughs> oh, my God. Wait, what would that be? Uh, Think about that while Ray tells us his. Go ahead. I always thought a really good one for end credits would be Deep Purple's Highway Star. Oh, I have not heard that song. Interesting. Well, you know what? If you wanted to, if you wanted to make it very, uh, uh, you know, sort of wrap it all together, Journey Home, Going Home is a great song by Mike and Mechanics. Okay. Oh, I would that, pick and that. That's appropriate for the yes. sort of wrapping up as everybody's yes. like hugging and freeze framing. Oh my God. And if you listen to that song, listen to Going Home by Mike and the Mechanics, and you'll be like, yes, that's perfect. Simon and Simon. You're right. You know, cow. Rob, I have to say, I, I, I've been following your choices with bated breath because, and I'm a little disappointed now that we've reached the end because oh, no. I was really hoping that one of your picks would have been, believe it or not, the theme oh. from The Greatest American Hero. <laughs> so Did I got to tell you. Scene? No. <laughs> <laughs> well that's not a bad idea either <laughs> that would have worked i was really hoping that i could have okay that's good i was i was almost thinking could i use bosom buddies could i use mm, um mm -hmm. too close Standing for comfort because too close for comfort that's a show that's <laughs> if there's ever been a show that needs a reboot too close for comfort wow who's our who's our ted knight <laughs> This is the problem with the world right now. We don't have a Ted Knight. Nah, anyway, right. <laughs> that, that was, was great. I, I, that was really fun. I, I would like the uh, the the audience to go into Spotify and, and build those playlists for us. Yes, do it. <laughs> Nicely done. That yeah. went some fun places. All right, very cool. Well, I don't know about you folks listening, but I thought that was a lot of fun. And if you are having fun and uh, you you like this show, if you're not yet a member and would like to become one, all you got to do is head over to thenextreel.com slash membership. And guess what? The most it's going to cost you is $5 a month. What do members get, you're wondering? Well, they get access to live streams as we record, early access to shows in your very own personal podcast feed, access to super secret member channels in Discord, as well as member bonus episodes, and even stickers! If you're like me, then you really love and probably live by the app Letterboxd. Well, the next reel, if you wonder what they're going to be talking about in the coming weeks, whether it be Pete and Andy on the main show or what's going on on the film board, you can visit our 
HQ page on Letterboxd, and you'll find a list of all the movies in the 2022 season. And while you're there, Letterboxd is offering a discount to anyone listening to The Next Reel. All you have to do is use the code NEXTREEL at checkout, and you can upgrade your Letterboxd account to Pro or Patron with a 20% off discount. And that also works for renewals. And let me tell you, and I'm not just saying this because I'm reading an ad here. <laughs> <laughs> I love the uh, the perks of being a pro slash patron on Letterboxd. I, I love all the stats that you get access to. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, speaking of our movies, let's get to our list for this week. So last week... Ocean, Chrissy, and Tommy decided that they wanted to hear us talk about movies where you root for the villain or the bad guy or an unhappy ending. So that's what we went and did. We compiled our lists, and here is what we've got. Uh, since I had the first trailer, I'll go first. And because I'm the lead host, I'll do what I want to do. <laughs> did, you, did you pick one or the other? Uh, I, I just went through, honestly, some of them are, I I didn't just focus on one. It can be, I went with what your, what your thought process was in, in picking them. Yeah. So my first pick, uh, is a movie that I just watched almost the entire series of, and, uh, it is X-Men days of future past. Hmm. And the reason I picked that was because in these movies, you see the X-Men likened to various uh, minorities or groups of people that uh, are just being harassed and put down in society. And the story in this movie is they're trying, or Mystique is trying to kill this guy named Trask, who ends up building the sentinels that wipe out all the mutants Mm -hmm. and you really sympathize with that because you know you don't want all the mutants to die and so you're kind of rooting for this bad ending to take place i guess um yeah so that's my first pick x-men days of future past oh all right uh, Kyle, you're next. What do you got? Um, I, I was I was I was curious if we were gonna have a bunch of steals because like I sort of looked up like what are, what are the what do the people of the internet think of this and like the same names kept coming up on the lists over and over again. So I was curious if we were gonna have a lot of steals, but uh, I will go for the one that probably is most likely to be stolen uh, because there is a, a a person showed up in a in a recent movie and made such a huge impact that everybody kind of went, yeah, if he just hadn't killed people, I'd probably be on that. And uh, of course, he died before, he, so he, so he can't come after the sequel. And that, of course, was Killmonger yep. from Black Panther. Steal. Yep, I thought it would be. That's why I wanted to get in there first and get him out of the way because he was amazing. And I think I think it was really cool about the way they did that movie is he accomplished his goal, like not in the way that he expected, but he did change T'Challa's mind. Like he legitimately yeah. made an impact because at the end of it, the T'Challa changes the entire direction of the country because of what Killmonger had taught him. And I wouldn't say necessarily that he couldn't come back because I, they <laughs> well, did some interesting things <laughs> in What If. Yep, that's true. Yeah, he got his own episode of What If, and you got to see what he would have been like if he was sort of allowed to play in the larger sphere. All right, Rob, what about you, my friend? Uh, I picked a movie about uh, a man who has a girl. 
he loses the girl. He gets a ball, loses the ball, then loses the girl again. Very unhappy ending. I'm talking about 2000's Castaway. Oh. Starring, <laughs> starring Tom Hanks. That makes me... Wait, un- so you're doing unhappy ending? Yeah, unhappy ending. Oh, okay. Okay. Unhappy ending? Oh, my yeah. God. No, 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 I'm because because like, the girl in the truck... The villain? I'm like, no. Wilson was a villain? No, the no. Girl, no, he has ball, loses ball, <laughs> yes, and then I, loses the girl again. And I don't care about... Uh, you don't know what happens to the girl in the truck. She may, <laughs> she may be somebody crazy. She draws butterflies and everything. Stop. So... That movie, un, very unhappy ending to me. It's a good movie. It's amazing. Okay. It's 22 years ago, but yeah, yeah Castaway. All righty. Okay. My next pick, imagine, you know, you live on a far off island. You're minding your own business. You're living your best life. All of a sudden, all these white guys show up and decide that you are something worth putting on display. They take you against your will over to New York. They put you on display and everyone's jeering at you and shouting at you. And I think you have a perfect right to trample through New York and climb the Empire State Building. <laughs> My next pick is King Kong, the original. Ah, I was going to say. From 1933. Justice for Kong. <laughs> All right, Kyle, what's your uh, second my, pick? Uh, my next one was, uh, once again, a lot of my theme is basically like good intentions, possibly bad execution. Uh, and this was the same thing. Um, this is a person who, yes, he did uh, you know, uh, take over a national monument. Yes, he did uh, hold the city hostage. Yes, he did uh, maybe kill a couple people along the way. But he was doing it because his soldiers were being dishonored. So I'm talking about The Rock, General Hummel. Because the reason he had the, the 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 poison was because he was trying to get military funerals for the the families of the thing. Like he he was right. He was absolutely right. What he did. Wow. He just the way he went about it maybe was not the best. All right. Yeah. For sure. Was that a steal, Rob? Or that's a not, good one. No, but it, it should have been. No, <laughs> that's that's really good. Um. All right. So my next. One, this one's weird because this one always. I love this movie. Uh, man has ups. Man has downs. Has ups and downs. Finally gets it right, and then dies on stage. I'm talking about Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story, <laughs> because it always kills me. And you know what kills me is unhappy. Is that that movie's brilliant? But then, like he, you know, he's performing. He dies, and then they show the picture of him like mid heart attack, like on the stage. And I'm like, dude, seriously? Anyway, unhappy ending. All I'm right, more. that's I never would have thought of that one. All right, my final pick. Uh, this one actually caught me off guard because I was looking through my the list of movies that I'd seen on Letterboxd, and I'm thinking, what could I pick? What? Could... And when I thought about it, I'm like, this definitely fits. And my pick is the Last Temptation of Christ. And the reason I picked that, <laughs> I love the quizzical look. The reason I picked it is, you know, obviously, first of all, let me just preface by saying that this is not your traditional depiction of Jesus Christ in this movie. But, um, you know, you see him as a man and he's just going through a bunch of stuff that seems unfair. He doesn't want to go through. And, you know, he's going through all the, the stuff leading up to the cross and he's nailed to the cross and... Just before he's about to die, an angel appears to him and says, you know what? Your father is satisfied enough. You can come down, live the rest of your life. And that's what the last 
act of the movie is we see what would have happened, you know, quote unquote, if he had lived the rest of his life the way he wanted as a man. And we see him get married uh, to a couple of people and we see him have children and we see him, you know, just growing old and kind of like, this is a guy that kind of deserves a happy ending. And then you find out, Hey, guess what? Um, that angel that told you you could get down was the devil the whole time. And you just screwed all of humanity by doing this. And so he basically goes back, not goes back, but you know, it makes the decision that, you know, this never happened. I'm going to die the way I'm supposed to on the cross for the sins of humanity. And, you know, but there's that tiny little part of you while watching that movie. That's like, you know, I, I really wish he had gotten the ending he wanted and that he deserved. You know what I mean? What a deep dive. Uh, well, I think that that's what he intended. I think he was trying to really explore for the followers of that tradition. Like what, what does that mean? What is, what is, you know, total humanity, total divinity. And how does that play into this? Um, I don't, okay. Now it's been a while since I've seen it though. I use clips of this in a class that I teach actually regularly because it has by far the greatest depiction of the rising mm. of Lazarus that any of the Jesus movies has mm. by far, because the, the, the Lazarus is rotting. Like, I will just say that for those of you who haven't right, seen that movie yeah. before, right? Like that's the thing that makes it great. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if he ever, I don't know if, uh, his intention was that he made the choice. I think exploring the divinity is that in his mind, he could go, <laughs> he could do a Dr. Strange and go through all the permutations of how this would actually like play out. And, and then at the same time, come back and realize, yeah, no, I'm not going to do this. I I've got, I have a better choice because ultimately for, for that tradition, the ultimate, the unhappy ending is the happiest of endings. So, so it's an interesting thing. Like, but, Guess what? Mission accomplished on the movie because that's what his goal was to help people or or at least to encourage people to consider that that yes, it's the 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 suffering and the unhappiness is a part of that a part of that story. You started talking about this and and, and you know like that you were doing it last year and I was like, is Ray about to do movies where you root for the villain for Satan? <laughs> I was, I was sitting back like, I'm like, I don't know what's going to because how are you going to sell this? <laughs> you know, he has some good points. Like, oh, okay. oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. What a, what a ballsy move that would have been. You know, pivot because. <laughs> It's like, ooh. Yes. No, that was all good. It was all good. Controversy moved right away. So, that, no, that was that was awesome. I was no that. I mean, it's a, what a great pick too. I mean, sure. Yeah. No, that's that's exactly what the way he intended. That's what that's what he wanted for that movie to to, to spur the discussion on. Yeah. So speaking of movies nice. that you look at all a different right, way um, uh, as you as you learn stuff too. Um, I actually sat down with my fourteen year old and and she had not seen Ghostbusters. I don't know why. I don't know why I had failed her as a father. Uh, but I was talking about watching Afterlife with her, which she had not seen. And she's like, "Well, I should probably see the first one first. I'm like, "Ha! Ah, how how have you not seen Ghostbusters? Like, what happened? I don't know. I'm like, how have I shown you Batman v Superman colon Dawn of Justice before? showing you Ghostbusters. What happened? Um, but we sat down and watched it, and, and of course she loved it. It, it holds up. However, 
Uh, as we were going through, um, I realized that uh, she pointed this out, and then she is 100% right. Walter Peck was right. Walter Beck was right. Like, oh like, yeah, like there, <laughs> it, was, it was such a weird thing because he just shows up and he's a reasonable man when he shows up. He's just asking, like, he's like, "Hey, by the way, I'm with the Environmental Protection Agency. You have some weird mechanical. Like, can, can you show me what this is to make sure that you know you're not poisoning everyone around you?" And Bankman is such a dick to him for no reason. <laughs> And then it caused, I mean, basically it's, it's Vakeman who causes all of the, the things that happen because all he had to do was show the guy thing. And I, all I can think of is the reason that he didn't is Reaganomics. There was a, a really big anti-government feeling in the 80s. And I think that was just part of it. I'm just like, yeah, stick it to the man. I was like, no, wait, he's wanting to make sure you're not poisoning the water. Like as someone who lives like who, who is, recently had right. their water poisoned by the government, uh, <laughs> I kind of am like, wait a minute, no, the yeah. EPA is doing really good stuff. Why is he the bad guy here? Hey, when you're up against the charisma of Bill Murray, even the bad guys become the or the good guys become the bad guys. <laughs> I suppose so. So yeah, Walter Pack, Ghostbusters. Wow. That's my next pick. Oh, that was good. That's your final. Yeah. Um, all right. Awesome. So I'm going to close it up strong. The uh, I'm All right. for the villain in this one because it's the yeah. story of a dying grandpa who just wants to pass on the family business to his granddaughter. That's right. 2019's Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> and I just want to say, <laughs> just wants to, to pass, pass the, the business, business on to his granddaughter. On. Oh, my God. Wait a minute. Are you saying Rise of Skywalker is Tommy oh, Boy? Snap. <laughs> Jeez. I almost let out an expletive. Um, I mean, in a different way. I wouldn't root for the villain on? there, but no, in the, yeah, because my disdain is known for this. Like, yeah, I root for the villain. Now that yeah. I, I've seen parts of it again, and I will tell you, yeah, I wish the Emperor would have won. You know, I, I, I watched that movie in theaters, and I, I thought it was an atrocious abomination. And then when. It, when it came out on video, I thought, well, you know what? Maybe it is better if you are severely drunk. It is and not. it is not. It is not. <laughs> hey, great picks, everybody. Yeah, that was fun. We all went different ways in that. The that number good. ones really surprised me. They were really good. <laughs> so that leaves us to pick a list topic for next week's folks. Mm. And next week's folks just happen to be Ocean Murph, Pete Wright, and Chrissy Lenz. Um, but a, a recurring thing that's been coming up is is remakes. So do you want to do something? I mean, we could do something like remakes that were better or improved on. Like, I mean, there were, you know, let's, I'll say, let's try to think what I can just give away. So let's say Mod Squad. <laughs> Was it an improvement over the original 70s television? They made it in a movie. So, or, or maybe like television to movies? Like, is there something in there that would, I think it would Ooh. spark? That's a possibility. Well, it's like, but what? What? Like, what is that? So, is it? Is it um, television remakes uh, that were that were better than, or that better than the originals, or is remakes it that improved upon the original like IP adaptations? I mean, like, we talked about a lot about that too. Movie adaptation slash remakes that improved upon the original idea. Yeah, long, <laughs> better, re- better, <laughs> better, remakes, better, better remakes, better better remakes. 
Yeah. Good remake. Better, re- better, better remakes. Oh, better remakes. There you go. Just doing that to better remakes yeah. and they can interpret that. If, if we ever, if we ever go into this, I actually kind of enjoyed, I'll be honest with you, I enjoyed this sort of like little dual, like the option. How about this? Best, re- like best remake hmm. and or worst remake. So like, if you want to talk, so give give them a little oh. bit of option, like, okay, yeah, this one's, this one's a phenomenal remake of a movie. This one, and then their next pick could be like, you know, the world, one of the worst remakes. Maybe that. Okay. okay. So, so they can do it. They, yeah, they don't, don't have, have to do have all, to do all no, no, no. of yeah. one or all the other. Ooh. Okay. So Best yes. slash worst remakes. You decide. Okay. Pete's yeah. going to love that. You decide. Pete's going to be like. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, but you can't yeah. reveal it until the end. <laughs> you have to do, do the movie then go. Do you think it's really good? Or yeah, exactly. really? It's like 1993's Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> Was the best remake of a, a video game ever. No. I do have a soft spot for that movie, though. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Who doesn't? All right. Well, guys, before we tune out, uh, is, is there anything you want to plug? Anything in your own individual universes going on? We we are, we continue to... Uh, I, I want to say it's not weekly because life, but we still Wednesdays, mm-hmm. Wednesday evenings... Sometime usually around 5 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, we have some some between five and six-ish. We are doing uh, of the live episodes of 10 Random Things. So uh, be sure to check that out. It uh, We do a, a live stream on YouTube and uh, Facebook on the Next Reels uh, channels for those. Uh, and it's just us. Mm-hmm. Just five things. Kyle brings five things. I bring five things. I'm super excited about next week's episode because I just got a shipping confirmation about something. That will be making an appearance Ooh. on the show next week. We're excited for that. And then we just yeah. cut a, a what is it? A bonus episode. Our our takedown mm-hmm. of Doctor Strange and the and the Multiverse of Madness. I shouldn't say takedown. Yeah, that, that was, like, I aired really I aired some grievances, no, we just... <laughs> and we and, and, and Kyle discussed those. <laughs> but we're having fun with the show. You know what? It's. <laughs> I got, yeah, I got little, yeah exactly. Um, th- we really love the show. It's a kind of an opportunity for us to uh, to stay sharp and also try out some new things, and we're really excited about it. So check it out. And the show lives oh, yeah. on. So if you missed it live, you can just go to the YouTube page for the next the next reels and uh, YouTube page, and it's there. So you can watch all the archives and stuff too. Great. Um, anything else from you guys? Uh, yeah, the, the Curiosity Codex is still up and running. I have I, like a, it's it's uh, I've, I've edited the, uh, the next group of them. So like for the rest of the month, they're they're in the shoot, ready to go. Uh, so my conversation with uh, film director Mandy Fabian continues as she takes us through nice. every uh, agonizing step of uh, making her first movie from uh, from all the be setting the budget all the way through to post production and, and all that stuff. I mean, like it's I actually wanted to get as, as to show people just how unbelievably uh, complicated and fascinating it is uh, on every step of the process uh, and so she was very kind enough to uh, spend a lot many hours with me uh, going that and we're still we're still going on because like post-production is still going on on her film uh, so um, it's uh, the next uh, I remember of course getting early but uh, the next ones are are coming out so that's uh, releasing weekly so curiosity codex Check it out. It's a she's she is a wonderful storyteller, and I'm a terrible interviewer. So watch the two collide, folks. We thank you so much for tuning in to Saturday matinee. We hope we didn't annoy you too much, <laughs> but uh, it's been great. We hope you've had a great time, and uh, we'll see you next week. Go do something Bye. nice for yourself.
I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January, or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. Mm-hmm.